0: The Cult Worthy Podcast. Join me, Antonio Palacios, each week as I guide you through a never-ending sea of obscure cinema and cult-worthy gems that deserve a rediscovery. Find me on all listening platforms and at thecultworthy.com. The Cultworthy Podcast. Join us. Attention. The Milf and Me Podcast contains strong language and open conversations about sexuality, a multitude of lifestyles, and occasional criticism of political fuckery. Keep politics out of your pants, folks. Your hosts Antonio and Diana are not certified relationship therapists, we are cynical assholes with microphones, pretty much like every other podcast. And so with that out of the way, enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome to the Milf and Me podcast. I'm your host, Antonio, here again with my lovely co-host, Diana. Diana, how are you this week?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Really, 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 really good because I loved last week's episode.
1: Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, it was was tough for me to, um, you know, let it all hang out, but...
0: I feel like we do let our listeners know a lot about, like, what's going on in our lives. We're also reserved at the same time. Most of our shows, especially the early ones, have all been like kind of taking the piss or deconstructing things that we see online yeah. or people that we know are doing. And I feel now we are starting to take that path where we are feeling comfortable with our show, feeling comfortable with our listeners, and just feeling more comfortable with each other Yeah. in this medium where, you know, potentially the whole world yeah. <laughs> could be listening. <laughs> and you just told everyone what you're going through. And yeah. I liked that. I, Especially when I was like going back and and editing it and listening to it. It it feels like a real conversation. It doesn't feel like we are trying to produce something here. Right, right. And I feel sometimes when I listen to podcasts, it feels so scripted or so produced. Yeah. That today, I just like that. I really am proud of that episode. I'm glad we did that one.
1: Yeah, me too. Thank you.
0: Now, on to some shit.
1: (laughs) Oh boy, what do you have now?
0: (laughs) Well, okay. So this is interesting because... I feel so far removed from today's topic because of my situation. You know, five years into a relationship, it's had its ups and downs, mostly ups. I have a beautiful baby who's going to be two in like oh, a month. Oh my gosh, she's going to be driving soon. Right? I have a son who just turned 13. Crazy. I have a teenager now. So the idea of ever having to do any of this shit that we're talking about today is far removed from me. But this is what it did, (laughs) this is what it did. It made me think about how much I liked it when I was younger Uh and then how much I hated it before I found my person. Mm. We're talking about first dates. Oh, Jesus. And you go on first dates, I'm not gonna say a lot, Mm. but you Mm. go on first dates, I feel more than you had to when you were younger because of all the things that happen now in our world, ghosting, yeah. friend zoning. yeah, The idea that a first date now has all these different parameters. Like, do you go to a restaurant or do you just meet for coffee? Or do you go for a walk in the park? Or do you go do color me mine and paint fucking <laughs> ashtrays? I don't know. It's so hard for me to understand what first dates even look like now, because I feel like an old man.
1: Yeah, so yeah. So
0: we're gonna point it at you.
1: So honestly, let me just point something out real quickly. I go on a lot of first dates because I'm not going on a lot of second and third dates. 100%. I mean, come on. Also, FYI, Antonio.
0: Why'd you say it that way?
1: Because listen to me, <laughs> mister. <laughs> he's over here telling me about his kids growing up and how he's just like living this beautiful, and it is. It's beautiful and blissful and not perfect, but it is. It's perfect. So I have an 18 year old in my house now, I have an adult.
0: Is he paying rent? <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's not paying rent. He, okay, I take that back. This boy shovels my snow. Anytime it snows, he cleans my car. Every now and then he'll cook dinner. That's very, not very often, but the kid's fucking amazing, okay?
0: I agree. I'm just but giving I, him shit. I
1: have an 18-year-old. I now have a 14-year-old, both boys, and my little girl's 12. So take all those things and try
0: dating. On top of it. <laughs> On top of it.
1: Yeah, first dates are shit are shitty they I mean, are
0: shitty especially now right
1: it's awkward it's like can we just fast forward through all this bullshit and like get to the part where I mean that's what you want to say when you're going on this first date that's how you feel as you're getting ready it's how you feel when you sit down at dinner like oh god damn here come the 50 fucking questions that the first date two weeks ago
0: which we're gonna get into and before we even start this conversation I'm gonna go off on some shit because yes as I was doing this research a lot of what we do in the podcast is based on polls yeah. and surveys. Yes. I fucking hate polls and surveys. Me too. Because they're bullshit. And let me tell you why. I'm an honest <laughs> person, right? I, I I mean, I could be lying, but I'm an honest person. I've always been honest with you. I pride myself on my candor and my honesty with people, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely.
0: However, there's also a little bit of fuckery with me. <laughs> I'll tell you where it's at. It's with polls and surveys. Yeah. Because I know that people are not fucking honest on polls or surveys. And so much of our society and uh, so much of the stuff that the podcasters and influencers that we listen to, Mm -hmm. all of their bullshit about high value and simp and divorce and men matter shit is all based on polls and surveys. Why would you be honest on a poll or a survey? When you're doing it almost anonymously, it is your perfect opportunity to lie, to speak either highly of yourself or worse about someone else with zero accountability because you're not putting your name on a fucking form. So I lie a lot. Do you? On polls and surveys.
1: Oh, that's the time time to be honest as fucks. No one knows where it's
0: coming from. Not in my opinion, because fuck them, because- Most of the time, it is something that you don't even want to do. And people that go (laughs) willingly to do polls and surveys online, that find the time of their day, like, I'm going to go take this survey about what my favorite sexual position is, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It means that they have no fucking better thing going on in their life than to go and give an opinion that's probably bullshit. It's a sociopathic trait to go and want to do polls and surveys Intentionally, in my opinion.
1: What if you were given like a free Amazon gift card and they wanted to know your first and last name and like all your demographics? Would you be honest then?
0: No, fuck that.
1: <laughs> what if they I, I said might, I
0: might go for the I might go for the Amazon gift card. Mm-hmm. I might actually be driven to be even more dishonest on that
1: but you put like john smith as your name you like give him some bullshit things
0: i'll I'll put antonio palacios on there and i'll say whatever the fuck i want to say because what are they going to do research whether or not i told the truth on a polar survey (laughs) because here's the thing here's the thing this is so great we all think in my opinion most people think Less of themselves than they should. I think most people are yeah. actually better than what they think of themselves because we live in a society, I think, that we are so just always striving to catch up. We're always comparing striving. ourselves
1: or comparing ourselves to a lot of people, too.
0: Right. So the people who think they're the fucking shit mm-hmm. are probably the people that have like a thousand or I'm sorry, people that have like a million followers on YouTube. Yeah. You know, what did you do? You got on and you said some shit that caused a lot of stir in the internet community and people are watching you yeah it doesn't mean you're a better person it just means that you said some shit that more people happen to like right you know and, the, and your your sense of accomplishment in my opinion is is false you're not really contributing anything true. to society that's true I agree that's maybe a little shitty to think I'm not saying all of the people are like that
1: no but I agree with it
0: I I, I feel yeah. confident in saying that
1: so what you're saying is you're fucking up all the polls. You're
0: fucking up all the polls. Because I mean, this <laughs> no, is a perfect you example. Are.
1: Like you personally are fucking up
0: well, the polls. Well, I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> me as one person, I'm not going to affect a poll. <laughs> I know. I think that there are thousands, if not millions of people like me who are doing the same thing. Yeah. And perfect example. And we don't talk politics a lot. Ugh. But remember in the last midterm election, based on polls, everyone thought that we were going to have this big red wave and everything was going to turn red. Ugh. Did that happen? No, because the people who actually went and voted didn't waste their time filling out fucking polls and surveys. That's my point.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. You're not wrong.
0: So that being said, we're going to go on polls and surveys to talk about first
1: dates. <laughs> this is going to be great. I hope these people were being honest Tangent for our sake. over.
0: So I'm going to say with like the smallest fucking grain of salt that these polls actually represent what <laughs> Americans think. This comes from a dating website called Coffee and Bagel. And I actually tried them. Uh, Really? Yeah, like early on in my online dating days.
1: Wait, hold up. What?
0: Oh, sorry. Coffee Meets Bagel. So really it was a-
1: I've never heard of this. It
0: was a dating site. I'm not even sure if it's around anymore Mm -hmm. where it was about setting up first dates with people that weren't expecting something extravagant.
1: So just get coffee and a bagel. Right. Gotcha. The
0: (laughs) reason why I liked it Even though I never found even like two people on it, Mm -hmm. was because I'd been fucked over so many times on Tinder where like I'd go out and drop $300 on a first date because that's what they were expecting. And then never hear from them again. And that's when I learned about serial first dating. Tinder,
1: Tinder is just for sex and fucking and fuckery. Right, right. So and you're I was over like, here dropping 300 bucks on a real date.
0: Because I was stupid. I didn't know any better. <laughs> I was freshly divorced and didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I love this. But then I saw this. I'm like, I wish there was a dating app that was like people who had lower expectations of like, hey, I just want to meet you, have a coffee, have a bagel.
1: Did you ever have a coffee and bagel during this time no, I on this that, site?
0: No, I only met two people because oh, it's fucking Utah. That's depressing. We don't drink coffee in Utah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, there's definitely coffee shops around in Utah, but yes, no, I understand. I'm just, I'm i understand. an right
0: anti-Utah wave. <laughs> so according to their statistics, who should pay on the first date? 52% say men. So 17% polled that whoever asked the other person out should pay. And less than 1% of those polled said that women should pay on the first day. While going Dutch is expected from about 31% of the polled singles, 52% of daters, including men, said that men should foot the bill. I've always paid for a first date Mm -hmm. just because that's like how I was raised. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that it's the the only way to go. It's just always how I've been, and I was fine with it. Never once did I have a resentful moment of... I wish we had gone Dutch or I shouldn't have paid that $300 bill. Well,
1: I think it matters on when you were born and your upbringing and all that shit. I mean, you know? Yeah.
0: And I think like yours and my generation is a little bit...
1: The men pay for the date. You know? And that's... Yeah, it's definitely... Depends on generation.
0: So then, since you are more of a dater than I am, what have you seen? What has been your experience with this?
1: (laughs) I knew this was coming. Um, So... I'm just going to go ahead and say this and get it out of the way real quick. If it's somebody that by the end of the night, by the end of the dinner, if I'm not interested in this person and I know I'm going to friend zone him, I am going in half on that bill.
0: It's a power move. You are are making a statement without verbally saying it that you are not interested. And you have, I'm going to say, the wherewithal to let him know that nothing's going to happen.
1: Zero expectations. Zero
0: expectations. When you
1: take half of that bill in a nonchalant way, you are 100% correct, yes. In a nonchalant way, you're saying, yo, we're buddies. Let's do a a fist
0: fist bump. We're doing
1: a fist bump right now. We're buds. Splitting the bill is a
0: metaphorical fist bump. I fucking love that.
1: And and I do this often, just so you know. This is like a thing for me. That's why sometimes I'm lazy Mm -hmm. to go out on first dates Because if I'm not feeling it in any way, shape, or form, financially, emotionally, physically, whatever, I will avoid dating. I will avoid meeting people. But when I'm feeling it and I'm like, yeah, cool, let's go. Let's meet people. Then I can honestly be 100% present and assess the situation with a good head on my shoulders and not ignore a bunch of fucking red flags while we're at dinner. Right. Right. So... It's been my experience that if, if we're going to a nice dinner and he pays for the whole entire thing, which I've been on plenty of those. Right. Um, the gentleman
0: <laughs>
1: will, because usually we're meeting, right? Yeah. We're not picking each other up at our houses. Like we don't do, people don't do that shit anymore. No. So I'm meeting at the restaurant. Then the gentleman will walk me to my car after dinner, give me a nice hug and goodbye. Mm-hmm after he's paid for a really nice meal and drinks and all the things that come along with it. Maybe a kiss. If that's appropriate, depending on body language, right? Right. But the douche, the douchey guy, is like, So what are you doing after this? Like where do you live? You live close by? Like you mm-hmm. wanna come back to my place? You wanna and it's like okay.
0: <laughs> I mean have you ever had anyone lay that on before like the fucking menu even hit the table?
1: No. Maybe that's my body language. I don't think anyone would dare so that because I've always wondered
0: that I, I, there's no. got to be guys out there that are like laying it on. It, and also maybe depends on how much you've communicated um, before you actually, even go on I the date. I take that
1: back. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if it's like weeks and weeks of texting before our first date. Right. Right. Which I don't recommend, by the way. Then, yeah, it could turn into a. So what do you want to do after this? Right. Do you want to come back to my play? Then you get to make a decision. It's like, OK, am I feeling it is. This, I mean, we know where this is going to lead. Yeah. You know, maybe he has a pleasure room when we walk in the door. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> um, no, but so, yeah, you're spot on, 100% correct. That is what I would do. However, I'm not going to do that instead of having the conversation. Right. Because you know how I fucking operate. Yes. After the dinner, I split, th- we split the bill. And then as we're walking to the car or saying our goodbyes, Then that's when it's like, you're super cool. You know, maybe we can hang out again sometime, but I'm not, I
0: don't want any more than that.
1: It's an awkward conversation to have.
0: It's an awkward conversation to have. Now, going to the part about like, you know, texting for weeks first, this one surprised me. It says that 43% of singles still talk on the phone before a first date. So the advantage is you get to hear someone else's voice. You find out whether or not you can have a fluid conversation or if it's stilted and peculiar. You can tell if someone is smart, if they're dozy, whether or not they're a show-off. It's important to know those things before you go and meet someone in the flesh because ultimately your time is at stake here. Now, that's the way I'd prefer it, and I've tried it, and I've been shot down many times in the sense of like, why do you want to talk on the phone? We're going to meet. Yep. What is your opinion on that?
1: I hate talking on the fucking phone so much. I hate it so much. I love talking on the phone with my children and my family, but I do not like talking on the phone. But... Yes, you must have a conversation on the phone.
0: So this was my approach. You, and have I, to, you have to. I liked it. And this was my approach without sounding too, I just want to hear your voice kind of thing like <laughs> that. It, it, it could easily be a text conversation for, like you said, weeks potentially. Yeah. It could be weeks. People are busy before you actually meet up and yeah. talk to somebody. I always like to have at least a brief conversation of where we're going and what's the easiest way to get there from where we're at. And yeah. I would try and have that conversation on the phone. Be like, sure. hey, it's Antonio. Um, so we're meeting at this place. I'm on the west side. You're on the east side. It might take me a little bit longer. Perfect. You know,
1: just. And you're not making it awkward. You're like, hey, how was your day? And, and based it's off, like, yeah, I don't based fucking off fucking of know their you.
0: Resp- <laughs> Right. And based off their responses and based off yeah. of maybe how they perceive my voice or how I perceive their voice, yeah. you can kind of start creating an idea of what your dialogue will be yes. when you actually sit down and meet a person. And even on dates that didn't work out well for me, I always liked just having that maybe three, four minutes of just, this is who you are. This is what you sound like.
1: Yes. It's very, very important. Um, And now there's like shady shit going around in the world, right? There's like these swindlers (laughs) whatever that are like catfishing you. Right. And that's always in the back of my mind. I know it is in other people's minds too. Like, maybe we should have a conversation, you know, like talk to this person, make sure it's a real person, but I have found something new. What's that? You know, the little thing how you can like make a voice memo and text messaging if you have an iPhone or whatever phone you have.
0: Oh, yeah. You do a voice memo.
1: So I've sent a lot of those and I've received a lot of those too from people that I haven't quite met yet. We've talked a little bit through text messaging and I'll record like one of those little voice memos like, hi, how are you? How's your day? I just want to say Hi. I'm on my way to pick up my kids, and then I'm going to make dinner. I got a busy evening, but I'll try texting you later. Hope you're having an awesome day. Send it.
0: One of the last connections I made before I found my person, we only went on one date, and in the date itself, we realized that, okay, I don't think we vibe. Yeah. But like the two weeks leading up to that date, this person did that. They would send a little voice message that had the little Memoji, and it was like a unicorn that would like, Speak oh, their words. Okay. So up until I met that person, I would just recognize this person's voice through this little talking unicorn on my phone. That's hilarious. And I thought that was really cute and it was endearing. I didn't know how to do it on my phone because I was like, mm. yeah. <laughs> you know, I I don't do this with emojis yeah. and stuff like that. I don't,
1: I don't do it either. <laughs> but it
0: was cute coming from them. Yeah. And this is kind of weird. I was kind of like attracted to the unicorn voice. And then when I met the person Oh, it's a different voice? Flesh, well, I mean, it was her voice coming oh, through the unicorn, I but see. I associated the person with the unicorn. I see. And then when we met, I kind of missed the unicorn. Isn't that weird?
1: That is. That's funny. Just real quick before you move on with your stats and polls <laughs>
0: that are probably bullshit.
1: <laughs> so, if you text too much before your first date, things can get really interesting, you know. I went I kind of went through this with somebody that I was really into, um we talked a lot about a lot of things in text message like we covered a lot of real estate in there like everything from why we're single what are what we're looking for all these things um but then you know after a few days of texting then it kind of ups to hey babe how's your day Mm. hey love how you doing Mm -hmm. good morning love how are you you know and then you have on your first date, first date's great, but if one of you isn't feeling it, that makes things a little bit harder and more awkward because now you've established this babe and hey, love, hey, babe, you know, and then then you get friend zone, I friend zone him, he friend zone, it doesn't matter either direction it goes. Right. There's a letdown like, oh shit, like we probably talked about too much. We probably talked too much before we met. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important to keep your text messages, your text message conversations, um, maybe a little surfacey. Yeah, and you're gonna be so proud of me right now, but it's a boundary I've learned. It's a boundary. It's a boundary. So yeah, um, but I. Think you it's... making boundaries. <laughs> I know I'm just you know therapy's working. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So uh, I'm sure ghosting is going to be an episode on its own eventually, but this kind of falls into that. I can't wait for that
1: episode, by the way.
0: 89% of singles follow up after a good first date. Good, underlined, first date. See that. The term ghosting popped up around 2011, but the concept is as old as time. While around 50% of singles said they've never ghosted anyone after a first date, about 44% say they have. And only about 20% of ghosts feel any remorse for it. See, this is where I think this poll is bullshit. Those numbers should be way fucking higher. Um, yes. That's people who are like, oh, I've ghosted a lot, but I'm not going to say it. So, so no, I rarely do it. So
1: did you do a lot of ghosting when you were doing your first dates back in the day?
0: I have never ghosted anyone in my life. Um. 100% have never ghosted anybody.
1: Yeah, I can see how that's true for me as well. However, let's put a stipulation on this. Blocking... Someone can be a form of ghosting too. And you and I have had unhealthy relationships to the point where we've had to literally
0: block the person. Yeah, but here's the thing. I've Is that ghosting? No. I've blocked three people in my life. And guess what I said before I blocked them? I'm blocking you. I'm fucking blocking <laughs>
1: you. That's not
0: ghosting. That is. You're right. You're right. Sending you're a right. boundary. Hey, you are totally right. <laughs>
1: um, I have blocked. I've blocked a couple of people. I think it's, it's different for women. Like I've had to block people on social media because these dudes would slide into my DMs and they yeah. were fucking relentless. Yeah. Hi, how are you? What are you doing? Hi, hi, hi. Every single day. Oh, thanks for not responding. How come you haven't responded? And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. I can't do this anymore. Delete, block. Right. Okay. That's different.
0: Okay. Well, I don't think that counts. I don't think it does either. you didn't meet them.
1: You're right. You're right.
0: Like ghosting when you're in the early communication stages, I don't think fucking matters. I've never
1: done that. Yeah. Have you? You've never
0: done it. Done what? The ghosting, ever? No, not, not once. once. Never, not once. Have you been ghosted? So many times. After a first date? So many times.
1: <laughs> what did you do on this first date? Well, that's the thing is did like- you, Did you bring Did you bring one of your things?
0: No, did I bring one of my special toys? <laughs> no, I did not bring a special <laughs> did toy. Did you
1: bring your whip that's falling apart?
0: Here's the thing. is like, I used to get really like resentful about the ghosting part because yeah. it's so easy to fall into that mindset. Mm-hmm of, fuck, women these days, they don't give a shit about our feelings. It's I can see why men go into that incel or men matter movement shit because they don't want to admit that they have feelings. So instead of saying, that hurt my feelings, and I feel, they say, fuck women.
1: That bitch. That
0: bitch. how She fucking ghosted me. Right. Because they don't want to admit that they got their feelings hurt. You know what? Everyone has feelings. Everyone's had their feelings hurt. Yeah. It's the fucking. I was fucking friend zoned. I was
1: friend zoned for fuck's sakes. You know, it's like (laughs) I haven't been friend zoned in years. And my take on it was, you know what? That's okay. I feel like you were too bougie for me, anyways. I'm
0: good. (laughs) This is how I adapted to it emotionally that seemed healthy to me. If I got ghosted after a first date, Fine. It didn't bother me. There was no emotional investment there. Mm-hmm. What would hurt me is if we had like five or six good dates. Oh, Maybe shit. we even had sex. Maybe we even like had a plan to go somewhere. Yeah, where the feels,
1: the feels the were. The feels are there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, nothing. So let me ask you this, because I've never been ghosted. I've never been ghosted after a first date. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, but my question is, at what point do you stop sending the messages when do you know you're being ghosted?
0: I mean, so I think it was like a day or two because this is like- Is it when like
1: one or two messages in the day or like 10 messages and then well, nothing the next day?
0: None of the ghosting that I ever had was a gradual thing. It was never like, you know, five texts went to two and then to one and then to none. Each time- no, I mean, was, how many
1: messages did you send to her before you realized you were being ghosted?
0: Because I have excellent female friends like you and like my friends-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I have resources that tell me what goes on through your guys' heads. That's true, that's true. So I've asked you before. I'm like, hey, I haven't heard from this person in two days. Yeah, don't
1: fucking message her again.
0: You told me don't message her. Yeah. My friend told me, oh, I do that all the time. So no, they're not messaging you back. <laughs> so that's why I appreciate the honesty. We talked about honesty. I should have told you
1: to send a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said, oh my god, she's so into you. You need to send a dick pic right but, now. But not with mine. Your face in it.
0: No, no, no. But not mine, since someone else's. And so if we ever did get back together, it'd be a surprise. I'd be like, ah, gotcha. You've been punked.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. Okay, this is good information. I mean, right? I've never ghosted. I, I've never been ghosted after First date. So
0: I think it's, I think now though, in today's dating culture, it's just expected. I I think it's the same as if you're going to like a roulette table or a craps table, you are going to expect to lose more than you win. I think it's just built into our mentality these days. Maybe newer daters or like people who have just recently come out of a divorce that are dating for the first time, it might emotionally affect them more. But I honestly think that dating culture these days, it's just part of the formula.
1: That is so shitty. That is the shittiest shit I've ever heard. Like you literally just said it's part of it that we're not communicating with each other. Like fucking say something to the person. Like, hey, it was good to meet you. I'm not feeling it.
0: But do you think I'm wrong in that assessment?
1: Absolutely not. And it's shitty.
0: It's It's so shitty. It's super shitty
1: that you're not wrong. (laughs) That's why we have this podcast, right? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Oh, and I'd like to give a special thanks to the guys that I have been on a first date with. And there wasn't a second date. And you used your big boy words to Yay! tell me and I used my big girl words, words to tell you that we weren't interested in each other for fuck's sakes. Like we're not, we're not 12.
0: Right. And it blows my mind how many dudes will punch a hole in their wall after a <laughs> first date that didn't go their way. Yes. I've heard so many of those stories. Yeah. So before this goes on too long, let's play a little game. These, according to Coffee Meets Bagel, are some good first date questions for either sexes to ask. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some of these questions. You want me to answer them? I don't think you should answer them unless you want to. Mostly I want to get your opinion what your feelings would be if someone asked you these questions on a first date. Gotcha. Diana, what makes you unique? How would you feel if someone asked you that?
1: I would feel like I was on a dating game show. (laughs) (laughs) I would feel like I was on a podcast with dating questions.
0: Here's my other question. When we go back to like the polls and surveys... Would you be honest, or would you try to come up with the most impressive oh, God. answer? You
1: want to know what I would say.
0: What would you say? That's what, that's why what I'm asking you. You
1: want to know my answer, then?
0: Okay, okay. Let's let's <laughs> let's answer this one because this is the point. This is my whole point about I know, whole I know. surveys, I'm questions, and answers. I'm just being
1: a pain in your ass right now. I totally know what you're saying. My
0: ass already hurts from my. Never mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go again. <laughs> no, I would say. Um, so I I am I love humor. And I'm a comedian. I'm just kidding. I'm really not. But I love comedy so much. I literally would probably say I have a sex room at home. <laughs> That's what makes just me Just to unique. see what would happen. Yeah, just for the reaction. I have to see how they do with my wit. Like I'm super witty and I'm...
0: You're fast. You're a fast talker.
1: I'm fast, witty, sarcastic, and I can like throw in a joke or a jab super quick. If they can't keep up with me, this shit's not going anywhere.
0: Right. You are a very intimidating person to talk to if you don't have a good... Gift of gab, so to speak. I've actually been with you on a date. We went to a brewing company one time where you were meeting this (laughs) dude and this dude had absolutely nothing to say about anything but his business. Yes. And I was like, this dude's fucking boring. Yeah,
1: totally. (laughs) Yep, no. So I would would throw my humor in on these answers.
0: So how about this one? What is something you want to learn or you wish you were better at?
1: Well, not (laughs) blowjobs.
0: I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that.
1: I mean, I know how to do those. (laughs) See what I mean? Like, that's just how that looks. And then we're laughing and it breaks the ice. And if he's not laughing, if he's embarrassed, then (laughs) it's like, I guess I'm going to be splitting this check. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm just going to go ahead and put my credit card on the table right now before it even comes. I'm going
1: to split this fucking tab right now. Yeah. What's something you want to learn or wish you were better at? You know, and it's so funny too, because if you really were asking these questions and someone was like, well, I've always wanted to learn how to paint, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, then you're like, okay, Okay. this is not, it's not going where I wanted it to go. So it's hard. It's hard to ask questions like these on a date because you don't want a super serious answer. Right. But on the flip side, you still want to make it fun and witty.
0: I hate this one. Ask a would you rather question. Oh. Like, what is this? Fucking the school bus ride to the fucking museum? What would you say? What would, what's your would you rather? I don't have one off the top of my head because I wouldn't ask that question, you know?
1: I wouldn't ask it either. But if someone asked it to
0: you. Would you rather split the check now or do you want to wait till the end and I pay for it?
1: That's perfect. That's fucking perfect. I love that. What's Ooh. the next one?
0: What's your favorite place on Earth? That's not a bad one, because here's here's what I like about this question.
1: If I asked that question and they said and they said anything except for between your legs, I'd be fucking pissed. <laughs> 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 I'm just playing, so yeah. Go ahead, tell me what you were gonna say about well, no,
0: this. I like questions like this because it will make you have a mental memory. Like yeah. If I was to ask you that question and I saw like you put your eyes up to the right and go through the hard drive, yeah. I like that because I know that you're going to give me more than likely a sincere answer. Yeah. You know, if, if you just came up with some bullshit, it's like, oh, Hawaii. <laughs> How many times have you been to Hawaii? <laughs> once. Oh, just once. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I get it's cool. Yeah. But, you know, are well, you just going a, that's for the best It's a hard place?
1: one, too, because, I mean, I've kind of nonchalantly in a roundabout way been asked this question, I guess. Yeah. More geared towards traveling, though. But I haven't traveled a ton. I've been to Mexico right, a lot. me either. But I haven't traveled a ton. My favorite place on earth could be Greece.
0: Well, I, I asked you this question one time when we were just like, whatever, fucking around having drinks, whatever. And I said, mm-hmm. where would you like to be right now? And you said, doing yoga on my cliffside in San Diego. Yeah. like you, you And I believed you. Yes. Because-
1: That's my happy- zen. You got
0: so emotional just thinking about that one spot. And I was like, okay. Cool. Yeah, I, I honestly couldn't tell you where my favorite place would probably be a restaurant because I'm such a yeah. fucking food fanatic. I
1: would say Mexico because I've been to Mexico more than any other place. Mexico and San Diego, obviously we lived in San Diego, but I haven't traveled the world enough to know where my favorite place on earth is.
0: And so this is the last question because there's a lot more, but this one I think is important because it, I think this could be like a, a, a real make or breaker in a, in a dating conversation. Mm-hmm. Who are the special people in your life? Mm-hmm, yeah, my kids. Your kids.
1: 100%, right there at the top.
0: Yeah, if I didn't have a partner right now, I would say like my son. I think this is also a good place to kind of like, maybe like you were talking about boundaries, explain, because you've always told me you do talk about friends like me mm-hmm. early on in your dating or relationships with men just to see yep. how they'd respond. Yep. I'd be like, you know what? I have a friend that I do a podcast with, been my lifelong friend, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And they'd probably be cool with that, Maybe they saw a picture, be like, You oh. will know
1: instantly by their body language if that energy shifts, if they're cool with it or not.
0: That's why I think this is a good question.
1: I have not been asked this question, but I've had this conversation about friendships and um, opposite sex friendships and things like that. But this is the time also where you bring up the fact that you have an amazing, awesome, healthy, co-parenting relationship with your ex. Agreed. Husband, ex-wife because there are believe it or not, there are people that can't handle that you have a good relationship with your ex-husband mm-hmm. because he has known me longer than like he's known me as long as my very own family. Right. I've known Danny for over 22 years and it's like people can be intimidated by that. Yeah. Um and that shows very very quickly, it shows like you can pick up on the energy and the body language, and it's a very immature thing to deal with. I'll tell you right now, it's not healthy. Like, if someone doesn't have a healthy relationship with their ex husband, ex wife, whatever, it's a red flag. It just is. That's my opinion. Um, I'm not going to give you advice, but it's my opinion that's a red flag. And I've heard of guys having amazing relationships with their ex wife, and I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. I look them straight in the face and say that is so amazing. I love that. It's so good.
0: And if you don't have a good one, it shouldn't be the main topic of conversation. Right. Like we do yes. what we can.
1: That's exactly right.
0: give any context to this one i'm just going to play it and see what your opinion is here we go i'm a big believer that the people who are happiest in their relationships almost never post about it on social media it's usually the couples that are constantly posting each other on stories or constantly making you know these over-the-top celebration posts about you know adornment and how much they love each other usually those are the couples when you meet them in real life there's like a million red flags. Conversely, the happiest couples, the people that I've met that do genuinely seem in love with each other, those are the people that you wouldn't even know they're dating if you looked at their social media. And I think the reason for this is just because true hallmark of a relationship that is working where they truly are in love with each other and they care for each other, they're more concerned with making the other person happy rather than projecting an image of happiness on social media, which is ultimately what these platforms like Instagram, TikTok are ultimately built for.
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. Is it my turn or is it your turn? Who's going first
0: here? I mean, for me, I have interesting thoughts on this one. Because me too.
1: This is a tough one.
0: My current relationship, both my partner and I really give zero fucks about our personal social media. Like we will post pictures of our kids. Yeah. If it's like an anniversary or something like that or something that we did that was really fun together, we would take a picture of us together and show it. I guarantee you, if we went back through my Facebook page right now, there are probably less than 10 photos of Kristen and I together on mm-hmm. either Instagram or on Facebook mm-hmm. because it's not important to us. Like we are happy and content with what we have in our personal life, and we really just don't care about trying to project mm-hmm. an image of what we are. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, my long term relationship before Kristen which was the cheerleader that was 10 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. I wanted that relationship. I wanted to be able to share and post stuff of us because we had a lot of fun together. She was so ashamed that I was 10 years older. She was so ashamed that mm. I was not Mormon. She was so ashamed that her family didn't like me. I also think that she was kind of ashamed that I'm a brown boy. mm. It hurt my feelings that she didn't want to share as much of me on her social media yeah. as she did with her friends so or her fine. other guy friends that she worked with and stuff like that that were in all the pictures together. Uh, so There's a
1: fine line there for you. There
0: is a fine line there, but I agree with this guy because I know a lot of people who posted every day, Oh, my boo, this is my boo, this is what we're doing, look at us, we're at the river, we're at the waterfall, we're at the lake, <laughs> and then they had the most- Abrasive, disturbing, and disgusting breakup mm-hmm. because it was all built on bullshit. Mm. You know, their, yeah. their entire relationship sucked in real life. And so they overcompensated saying how great it was yeah. on social media. They were tricking themselves. They were tricking themselves. Gotcha. What's your feelings on this?
1: Well, for starters, anytime I've dated somebody in the past 10 years, anytime we've dated, And we've actually gone to that step where we've posted publicly. It's like clockwork. Maybe it lasts a month or two after that and it's over with.
0: You're saying that the timer starts. It's
1: so fucking weird. I don't know if it's coincidental. I cannot figure it out because we, I don't do that. I'm not the person like what you just described. When I'm with somebody, I'm not posting every single day about how amazing we are. I just don't. It could be one or two posts during the duration of our dating. And it's like one to two months after that, it's over. It's just really bizarre. I don't know why. Um, Also, he did say something in that that is concerning. Mm -hmm. He said the people that you don't even know are dating each other have the best relationship because they're not posting it on social media. That's bullshit. That's not true. I'll tell you why. When you're single for a long time, like myself, you start having people message you. Okay, so I think it's important to at least put that you are in a relationship. Mm -hmm. You're in a relationship with this person. I don't fucking care if you're just putting it on your Facebook or maybe you just do one post for their birthday or a post for Christmas. I don't give a shit. There's got to be something there showing that you are not single because two people that are awesome people are dating each other. And they have an amazing relationship and nobody knows about it. That's fucking weird. Sorry. It just I is. I,
0: I, I agree with you. I think that's more of a concern for females than it is for males. Absolutely.
1: Also, I have, I've been with one person that wasn't into social media hardly at all, but he had social media. He's the only guy I've ever dated that posted about me. Mm-hmm. And I've never had that before. It's always I've always been, been me posting about us.
0: Interesting. And
1: he posted about me and posted about us and tagged me in everything. Okay. That felt good. It made me feel important. It made me feel loved. However, it's a power move. And that is a red flag. It was early, early, early on. It was, this is my territory. Motherfuckers. I was, motherfuckers. This I was is just about territory. to say that. Yeah. Okay. So this is a really hard subject. Um, we this could go on. Shaking
0: you up, obviously, more than on. I was expecting. Yeah, we go
1: on and on and on about it because it's real. I mean, on the flip side, too. I want to be in a relationship. I'm actively looking. I'm on my social media and see all these happy couples. Guess what that does? fucking makes me depressed. Yeah,
0: that's what social media does to people. It makes me
1: sad because I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, how come I can't have that? Like, they have the best relationship. So to prove this guy's point, maybe they don't. Maybe they have a shitty relationship.
0: Right. Right. I think, you know, us being cynical is what gives us kind of like a little bit of carte blanche, some permission to talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because we've already known, and it's already been proven, that social media causes body dysmorphia, it causes yep. this weird identity crisis when it comes to high value. Compares,
1: or, comparing, like I said earlier, comparing. Or the whole
0: fake rich mm-hmm. influencer, stuff like that. Yeah. The relationship thing is a little bit concerning to me because exactly, you yeah. start comparing what your relationship is to what you see. Because I could easily say to my partner, it's like, well, look how fun these two look like they're having. They're going hiking. Yeah. They're going to the bar and the restaurant. We don't do that We stuff. don't do that. We used to. We don't do that anymore. But there is absolutely zero evidence that they are actually happy. Right, right. It's all bullshit.
1: So the couples that I respect the most, and I have a lot of these friends on social media. Some of them I've never even met before in person, but most of them actually. But the ones I have the most respect for are the ones that – do the um, post periodically, the one I was just talking about. Like um, maybe he posts something about her for Mother's Day, that she's a fantastic mother and woman and puts photos of her and her kids and maybe one of them. That's so fucking good. That is so respectful. It's so sweet. It's so loving and kind. You're not throwing it in someone's face about how much better your relationship is You're saying this woman is beautiful, amazing. She's a great mom. That I love. I can see that all day long. Another one is Christmas or a holiday or a birthday. Post something about that person. A few pictures of you, but yeah, of you guys together, but it's the ones that are doing it every day, every other day. And it's in your grill. It's in your face. And it's like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. Like how much more do I need to know about this person's relationship? Jesus, like have some privacy. And so that those are the ones that I'm like, "Eh, no."
0: So you were commenting how your meal for the last week was a little basic, <laughs> a little I'm, boring.
1: I'm basic as fuck, so.
0: I, I have nothing against that. <laughs> what are we bringing this week?
1: Um. So these are to the single girls, single ladies. Uh, we talked about it a lot during the podcast. If you're on a date with someone you're not interested in, I want you to split the bill.
0: I love that. That is great. I love that so much. Split
1: that fucking bill already and don't expect him to pick up the bill if you're not interested you're not interested just get it over with split the bill do a little fist pump out you go
0: i think it's really easy to fall into the trap of like let's say if this guy is trying to like show his huevos right and be like i'm gonna take you to the fanciest nicest hardest to get into nightclub or restaurant (laughs) maybe don't say okay on the first date in case you have to split the bill that's true be yes. like how about fucking beans and brews bro let's yeah. let's get this get to know you stuff out of the way first yes, yes. and then we can go to the secret handshake fucking <laughs> eyes wide shut orgy bar later you know when I know that you're yeah. actually gonna pick up the bill and yeah. I don't have to worry about setting a precedent of splitting the check with you
1: that's awesome <laughs> yes that is good advice
0: Diana, thank you so much. This was another great episode, getting those feels yeah. out. Yeah, it was good. Hopefully we're helping people with some of their first date issues. You know, like it doesn't have to be what everyone says it is. You don't have to go home with the guy. You don't have to let him pick up the check.
1: Yeah, make it your thing. I mean, do make make it your own thing.
0: Well, everyone, you know where to find us, themilfinmepod.com. Email us at themilfandmepod at gmail.com with all of your dating profiles that we asked for for a couple weeks ago. And don't forget to send Diana and us the pictures of you in a sex shop. Yes. And we're still waiting for more book reports of erotic fiction. (laughs) Yes. Diana, I love you. I'll see you next week.
1: Love you too.